0: Would you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4? Acts chapter 4. Last week, we were looking at the uh, story and what happened on the day of Pentecost. That's in chapter 2. The Ascension is in chapter 1, which happened 40 days after Passover. The Pentecost happened 50 days after Passover, and that's in chapter 2. And then the story continues to go on. It was in Pentecost that we had the speaking in tongues or in languages. We talked about that last week. You're welcome to go and look at that online. It's available to you if you'd like to see that. So the church started out with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and it was a powerful, strong moment when the church received that powerful pouring out of God's blessing. And we decided as we were looking and as we were chatting together about it that we were saying that It is important for us to let God be God and not try to box him in into anything. Because God's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to share his faith in whatever he's going to do in whatever manner. And so he is free to do as he wishes because he's God. And so the outpouring of his spirit and therefore the seeing of the speaking in tongues and that issue that raised there was letting God be God. We must be careful to let him do that and not box him in. Well, shortly in chapter 3, we come up with the story of what happened with Peter and John as they made their way up to the temple to pray. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. As they got up to the Lake Gate Beautiful, it is called, there was a lame man there that had been there since, I mean, he had been lame since he was uh, born. And he was there sitting there, and people had brought him, and he was begging. He was begging for money. And as they were coming up, they saw him, and he called, I'm sure he yelled out, alms for the poor, alms for the poor, help us out with money and Peter and John looked at him And if you're familiar with the story they said to him that there was neither silver and gold they don't have but what they would give him they give him the name of Jesus and they told him to stand up and walk and immediately they grabbed a hold of him and he stood up and he walked can you imagine for the very first time I would be jumping for joy wouldn't you and so he was standing up and he was walking. He was, having, he was so excited. And they went into the temple and the people were all around him. What in the world had happened? What was going on? And they were looking at it and seeing what had happened because they knew him. He had been there every day. And so they were looking at him and they were saying to him as they was sharing his, his story with how he had just been healed. And Peter and John began to share with them exactly how this had happened. And he started to tell the story of Jesus. Well, that went over like a lead balloon with the um, leaders of the temple and with the Pharisees. And they were very upset, one, that this man had been healed. Can you believe that? But what can you do? He's already healed. So it's kind of hard to, to say, well, unheal him, would you please? So they were stuck with it. So what did they do? They took him and they took him to jail, threw him in jail. So they were arrested and they were there and spending their time overnight in jail. And in the morning, they were brought by before the Sanhedrin, just as Jesus had been. And they asked him, by what authority did you do this? (laughs) Can you imagine the questioning? Uh, By what authority did you heal that man? And so they told him. That it was Jesus who had done that. And they told him the story, and they were very upset about it. And at the end of their discussion, the Bible tells us, the end of their discussion, chapter 4, verse 13, and when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. They could recognize, because they had heard Jesus preaching, that the very same attitude, ministry, authority, was now resting in these men. The very same thing that was going on with Jesus was now with them. All right, so that backs us up to our story. So they spent their night in jail, and they were released, and they were let go. Pick up with me in chapter 4, Are you there? Chapter 4 of Acts, we're going to pick up. And on their release, in verse 23, and on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had told them to do and said to them. So they went back to these people and they went there and they said, this is what we were told. We were commanded not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Are you following this? So, So they were told don't speak anymore, no more healings, no more of that, none of that. And their response to that was, for as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. They could not stop. They would not stop. Now, I want you to follow closely what happens, because what follows in the next few verses, to me, as I read it, was incredibly insightful. And it spoke to me all week. As I was going over this passage and looking at this particular passage of scripture, it began to soak into me, there's something different happening there. So I would like for us to focus today, and what's headed in my Bible, in this particular section, it says, the believer's prayer. And I, well, what is the believer's prayer? We're all believers. So what is the believers? Why would they say this was the believers prayer? And as I noticed and led it. I began to see some things in it. That I found rather different. Than my prayers. Verse 24. So when they uh, had heard this. They were telling the crowd. When they had heard this. They raised their voices together in prayer of God. Who is this group? Probably many of the people that were there are those who were there at Pentecost, who had experienced it, had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That would, to me, be a logical conclusion. I don't know for sure. I'm just trying to draw, see who was there. So probably some of them, at least some of them were there. And they banded themselves together, and they started a prayer. And the first thing they said out of their mouths was, Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord, they said. It's very fascinating that they said, Sovereign Lord. Here's the context. They just got out of jail. They've been told that they're not to speak anymore about Jesus, they're not to do any more healings. And now they, come, they band together. These group of people band together. Now they're praying together. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, Sovereign Lord. Well, what are they talking about, Sovereign Lord? And they went on and they said, The Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. That's why we hold it. But there's more. They went on more. And they went on and said, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And he goes on to quote from them, Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They're quoting from him. And as I read that, I said, boy, that sounds like today. The nation's plotting against the very Christian foundation. We found that. Verse 27, indeed, they go on, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city, ...to conspire against your holy servant Jesus... ...whom you anointed... ...and they did, what, uh, they did what your power and your will had decided beforehand... ...should happen in prophecy. They knew that, that God had already spoken to them... ...and the Lord had told them exactly what was going to transpire... ...and they did exactly as the Lord had shared would happen... ...and told them that it would take place... ...and then they said, now Lord... Consider their threats. Now, sovereign Lord, consider their threats. Sovereign Lord, consider their threats. So, a sovereign Lord, the, the Lord that, that would be there, the, the sovereign Lord, he would be the one who rules the world, created the world, and therefore he had the power to do anything. So, what do you think about the threats? Of the rulers and of the Pharisees against Paul and against Peter and John, against the church from doing what they were doing, what did it mean to those people? Nothing. Because they knew who the sovereign Lord was, they knew, they had experienced him. These men had been with Jesus. Now, Lord, they said, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. When I read that, I noticed there was something missing. They did not pray for protection. Nowhere in their prayer does it say, Lord, please keep us out of jail. Please keep us safe. And I, how could that be? <laughs> their prayer was for what? For speaking the word with boldness. I'm kind of stunned by that because I certainly would have prayed Lord that was pretty serious threats that they gave to us and I think it would be really helpful maybe you could send me to a different part of the world to go minister somewhere else it was a little more comfortable not at all they said we're going to we're going to speak with boldness they said stretch out your hand to heal and perform the signs and the wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In other words, continue the ministry at the Gate Beautiful. Right there in public, where everybody would see it, take us back to wherever you need us to go, regardless of the threats, and help us to go. We're asking for your spirit to be poured out, that we might speak with boldness, Preach God's word. You see, the intimidation didn't work, did it? Why didn't it work? Because they knew the sovereign Lord. See? They knew what it meant to have the sovereign Lord. You see, they were thrust into jail, but that didn't work either. The threat of going to jail. jail being thrown in jail never stopped the apostles did it you look at the story look at Paul he kept going in and out of jail now we would never hire somebody who'd spent a lot of time in jail would we no he wouldn't it kind of has a spotty record but they were thrust in jail. they were not fearful of being thrown into jail they were not fearful of shipwrecks they were not fearful of being stoned they didn't like it but why Why would they be that way? Why would they? Because they could not stop stop speaking about what they had seen and heard. Because these people had been with Jesus. Now there has to be something special about having been with Jesus. Walking with him. Talking with him. Observing what he did seeing what transpired, going through the cross, knowing the burial, witnessing the resurrection, then the ascension, and then to have the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost in such a powerful way. They knew what it meant to be with Jesus. So this brings me back the difference between the believer's prayer and my normal prayer. And this is what has been ministering to my heart this week. So I was thinking, praying, asking, what about this? Because I pray and we pray together. We pray for repentance, don't we? We pray for stronger faith, right? Yeah. Pray for healings. I did this morning. Pray for protection. I remember when I was growing up, it was called traveling mercies. And if you're going to go traveling, well, we pray for your traveling mercies, I couldn't figure out what that was until I got a little older. But when I was growing up, and we were praying together, we always prayed for the missionaries and call all over the world. Anybody have that? Seems like it had to be mentioned at every thing. The missionaries and call porters all over the world as I was reading that prayer, the believer's prayer, there was no repentance. There really wasn't a call for healing. There was no call for protection. There was no call for traveling mercies. They weren't asking to bless the missionaries and call porters all over the world. A call porter sells Christian literature. So the believer's prayer that we're seeing here entitled was different And I want to know why. So I came back to the idea, the concept of the sovereign Lord, sovereign ruler over all, no one above, all powerful, creator of the world, ruler of the universe, all powerful God. They mentioned in their prayer, they mentioned in the prayer, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. They recognized before they knew that this outpouring, this thing that happened to them, the jailing, the whole thing, the request not to the order to never speak about it again. They had understood that it was all the crucifixion had all fallen just exactly as God had outlined it. So that sovereign Lord part, that sovereign ruler, authority, creator, protector, the one who directs the things of man, they had surrendered to that to follow in their lives. And so their request that they made The request that they made was for them to enable them to speak the word with great boldness. And I'm wondering, they were speaking, they prayed for boldness in speaking the word. Now, they weren't praying to be obnoxious. And I want to be sure that they were, you know, to be in your face type of thing. They weren't in their face. They were healing and they were sharing what had happened, taking place Do we have anything to share about what's going on in our world today? Do we? Ah, I think, oh my word. They knew that the threats were real. They knew that. But their prayer, their request was, let us speak with boldness. You see, going forth with boldness. After they had prayed, the Bible says, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But this time they didn't speak in tongues. This time they spoke the word of God boldly. Boldly. Happening. So as I look at that passage and I look at that prayer and I look at that story following up the events that are taking place right after another, then I had to ask myself, should we pray like that? And if we would, what would that look like in our lives if we were to pray like that? In our culture, at least in my culture, we kind of keep things close to the vest, don't we? We are, um, we're like Christian agents, as it were. We show our badge only to in house people. I'm a Christian, see? They spoke with boldness on purpose, not to be obnoxious, not to shove it down anybody's throat. But they prayed to God, their request, when they were told, don't preach about this anymore, don't do any miracles, you're done with that, they turned right around and said, because you're the sovereign Lord, we are surrendering our will to you, we're asking you to send your spirit to please help us preach the gospel with boldness, tell the story with boldness, and in answer to that, the house was shaken, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so I have to think about that and what that, what that implies to me. What would that mean for us? For us to speak with boldness. Well, as I read that passage and I looked that through and saw that, I determined... I want to pray the believer's prayer. I haven't been thrown into jail. I haven't had stand before the Sanhedrin. I haven't been told don't preach. But I want to speak with boldness. Are you ready to do that too? Don't take it lightly. But are you ready? I would like to make that prayer. I'm going to offer that prayer. And while you sit here, you can make that commitment in your heart if you like. But I believe that in praying that prayer, that the sovereign Lord will answer. And that he will give opportunity for you to speak with boldness. So you can't take it lightly you can't just oh sure you have to think in your own heart am I ready to make that journey would you bow your heads with me our father today we've looked at a passage here in scripture in Acts chapter 4 It's headed the believer's prayer. And so we've looked at it carefully. We see that the threats that were made to Peter and John, and in fact to the whole church, to stop teaching about Jesus, to stop the miracles, to stop their ministry, that they answered that, not to ask to be protected, not to ask to keep out of jail, not to have an easy life, but they prayed the request The request that they had is because they realized you were the authority, the creator, the redeemer. They asked that they may preach the word, speak the word, the gospel of Christ with boldness. I ask for forgiveness that we have not always done that. But this is very individual. Lord, I ask that I, too, may have the spirit poured out that I could speak at the appropriate moment with boldness. When there's a tendency to be shy, to withdraw, that you would give me the courage to speak with boldness Because I have been with Jesus. If that's your prayer, you silently make that prayer to the Lord. He will hear you, and he will answer you. We ask, Lord, that this church family then be able to speak with boldness, Led by your Spirit, and we show your great love, care, and compassion to our community, they will know that Jesus walks here. We pray this in your name, by your power, and in your glory. Amen.